Welcome to What's Eric Eating, Culture Map's weekly look at all things Houston bars and restaurants. I'm your host, Culture Map food editor Eric Sandler. I have Dan Meshes from Picnic coming up in a little bit. But first, I'm joined by my co-host this week. She's an expert on food, wine, and good times. Elise Sloan, welcome back to the show. How are you? Hey, 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 hey. I am doing okay. How are you today, Eric? I'm doing good. Thanks for doing this. Let's dive right into the news of the week. Lots of restaurant closings to talk about. Let's start with topic number one. Atlas Restaurant Group has closed Uzo Bay, its luxurious Mediterranean seafood restaurant in River Oaks District. Atlas has promised that they will, they're keeping the space, which is right next to Lock Bar, and they will replace Uzo Bay with a new concept that will open sometime between now and the end of the year. Felice, let me let me just throw it to you. I mean, do you have thoughts on the closure of Uzo Bay? Will you miss it? I won't miss it. Um, they never got it right. Um, I, I wasn't surprised that it closed. I'm actually surprised that they were able to sustain themselves as long as they did. Um, just because they just never, I, I thought the food was good, but they just never connected with Houston. Like they never got it right. Considering they had two seafood concepts that were next to each other. And I love Lock Bar and I think they, they get it. They know what Houston diners want. That is exactly right. On the other hand, not so much on Ozo Bay. And to me, um, I don't feel like they were trying to get it right. Like, this is the concept. This is what we do. And y'all are either going to get it or you're not. And that's why I think they got it wrong. Because Houston's kind of like, okay, well, see how that works for you. And it didn't. So... All right, so so let me just. All right, so let I me mean, just I'm ask just you. Saying, that's just no, 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 no. Look, look, look. If, if you give me, I'll ask you one more question, and then I will, I will make my own observations. What, what about it? What about it wasn't right in your opinion? Because I, I, I think you're, I think, I think you're onto something. I, I just want you to be a little more specific. I just feel like, far as it wasn't as approachable. And when I say approachable, like it just felt stuffy when I went in, right? Like I just wasn't comfortable. Like, and I like bougie, so don't, and it wasn't even like, it was bougie, but stuffy. Like, I didn't want to be in the space, if that makes sense. Like it felt stuffy in a outdated kind of way. Yeah, no, I no, I, I think you're really <laughs> right? like I think it's, you're... Where it's like it, it's I, well, you can't put your finger on it. Where I'm like, okay, this is cool, but I, I just wanna, I wanna maybe eat and go next door. <laughs> right? Yeah, no, I no, I I think you're really onto something with with your observations because you mentioned Lockbar, and it's worth pointing out the same company owns Lockbar. And Marmo, the Italian steakhouse in the Montrose Collective, and and I really like both of those restaurants. Right, and I love Marmo. Both of those love restaurants. <laughs> right. And I went to Uzo Bay <laughs> twice around the time that it opened, and never went back. 
and I like seafood, and I like the people who who worked at Uzo Bay, but I I mean, you say that the decor wasn't quite right. I I, I always felt like I I didn't really, I was never quite sure what to order on that menu. You know, like oh, am I getting like, am I there for fancy Greek food like lamb chops? Am I there for Branzino or some other kind of fish? Like, am I getting like hummus and dips? Like, it, it just never quite. It never quite landed for me because if I want, like, if I want Greek food, you know, I'll go to Helen maybe or or on a more casual vibe like a place like Nico Nico's, right? But if I want seafood, like I want, you know, I want a certain amount of familiarity, right. or I you're not going there, like, right? Right. There were just there were there was always like, you know, in in the battle of, I'm not going out for seafood that often. I was always going to choose 1751, which I just, I just found the menu more compelling. Right. So, you know, if, if, you know, if if I'm going to, if, if it came down to where are we going, it was either going to be, you know, now there's all these new seafood restaurants, but when it opened. Right. Right. It was either going to be, it was either going to be good company seafood if we wanted like a Gulf Coast thing or 1751 C&Bar or maybe Eunice. You know that those right. were all kind of in the middle, right? Those are the three. Or I would even go to here's the here's the kicker. Here's how I wouldn't even think about going there for seafood. I would go to thirteen before I would think about them for seafood. Driving all the way on the water before I would think about them. Oh, you mean Pier? Do you mean Pier? Oh, Pier Galveston. Yeah. Correct. Correct. <laughs> never mind. Like never mind Pier Six, which is in uh, which is in San Leon, right? Like Pier Pier Six, I I would say also. More compelling right. than, than Uzo. Right. So that's right. what I'm saying. I would be, yeah. But anyway, I'm, I'm, I welcome whatever new concept. And with saying that, I think the new concept, what would I like to see there? I would like to see something on the lines of like the Marmo, the Lock Bar, where it just makes sense and it kind of goes with. Houston. It makes sense. It's a place that I want to be. I don't right. care what kind of food it is. I'm open. It just needs to make sense. And yeah, that's it. I'm I'm open to whatever kind of food. All right. So, you know, I started looking through Atlas Restaurant Group, this Baltimore-based restaurant group that owns Lock Bar and Marmo. I started mm-hmm. looking at their website, looking through their portfolio. And initially I thought maybe it'll be like an Italian thing, but then no, no, because Bari is also opening Reverokes District like this week. So, okay, so so Italian is out. Right. And then I thought, I thought, well, they they own a high-end Mexican restaurant. But I think that's kind of dicey in Houston. You're going to open an upscale Mexican restaurant just on the other side of the freeway from Caracol like that. That seems and and then you got to deal with the whole you're not from around here, how much do you really know about yeah. Mexican thing? So, this is my prediction. This is not based on I haven't talked to anyone with Atlas. I don't I don't know anything. I have no information. This is just this is just a guess. Right? This okay. Is, this, this is Eric. This is an Eric um prediction. Come on with it. They have a sushi restaurant. And I think like I think if you look at the mix in River Oaks district, right? You've got upscale Vietnamese with like Colonial, you got steak with steak 48, you got you got mad Spanish tapas wild. 
you've got Toulouse, French, you've got Bari now, Italian. What's missing? Sushi, right? I upscale Japanese. So I think if I had to guess, or or they'll do something completely new, right? Like they they you know it's a, they got a talented group of people in that company. They could come up with something completely new. But if I had to guess, I, I bet you they bring some version of their one of their sushi concepts to to Houston. That's my guess. That would be smart. I would welcome sushi. I think they should stay away from Mexican food. I don't I don't want to see it. I don't want I don't want to see them fail. Um, sushi, I'm with. It. I'm with it. Yeah. Right. And and not that there's not sushi nearby, right? Because right. if you go to the other side of the freeway, you've got Nobu at the Galleria. You've got Uchiko on Post Oak. Ten Sushi just opened on Mid Lane, which is you know basically walking distance of River Oaks District. So you know it's not like there's but in not the district. sushi. Yeah, but, but in it's the not district, in the like district. In the itself. district. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. All right. So that is my. That is my prediction. We can, uh, you know, we'll see. I'll, I'll we'll either, see if you're right, either Mr. Be, Sandler. Right. They they say they're going to tell us sometime in the summer about what they're doing. So either either I will be right and I'll get to you know do a little happy dance, or I'll be wrong and I'll say, well, I never I never said it was happening. I just said this is what I think. This is what this is what makes sense to me given what I know about them, and I'll you know I'll or or we'll just pretend that this this last two minutes never happened but that's that's right right (laughs) correct correct all right let's move on to topic number two speaking of river oaks district and mid lane and that whole area concura italian bites has closed this was a restaurant that opened in 2021 its owners have said that they are moving back to italy they have turned the space over to brian doke who is the owner of Heights & Co., and before that was affiliated with Savor and Patton's. And he is going to open a new Italian restaurant called Dante's River Oaks in the space. He's got an Italian chef. He's got a, an interest in both Italian food and Italian wine. And so Brian Doak is going to put his his touch on Concura and turn it into Dante's. Uh, Felice, let me, let me throw it to you. I mean, I've had Brian on the show before. You know, he was successful at Savor. He's been very successful with Heights & Co. What do you think? What What is your advice to Brian as he prepares to open Dante's River Oaks? What, what does he need to do? And then I'll, because there's a ton of Italian restaurants now in that area. I'll rattle some off. A ton. But, me, but I'll turn you loose first. I think he needs to, you know, everyone, there's so much Italian. Like, I'm kind of, I won't say over it, but I'm just going to say it's a ton. So I think he needs to do um, a little market research, things that a lot of people don't do, right? I think he needs to do some quick market research. It would serve him well to check out all the places around him and see what they do well, what they don't do well. Um, As he's crafting his menu, and figure out what's going to set him apart. Why am I going to come to Dante's when there's a plethora of Italian places that I've probably already picked my top, how you just listed off the places that you like, that you're going to go for seafood. When we were talking about the last one, I probably picked my tops, right? So when I go to Dante's, 
I may be just checking it out, right? So something's going to have to impress me. Right, because as I said, there is so much Italian food, right? Like just, So much. right? Like we just mentioned Bari is opening this week. Uh, the chef used to work for the Lombardy Group out of Dallas. So, you know, he and he's Italian. You've got, if you're old school, Grotto. You know, if you're, uh, you like your sort of Italian-American vibe like me, you got El Bracco, Post Oak and San Felipe. You know, you want Italian-owned. There's Numero 28. It just opened in Highland Village. You want a casual vibe. There's Devanti with Chef Roberto uh, making making pastas. If you if you go down West Alabama just to scotch, you got Bombetta that was the, the, the Vino people. That's their new restaurant. You go a little farther down West Timer, you get to Giacomo's, still one of my absolute favorite uh italian restaurants in in houston you make a you make a ride on kirby from westheimer there's carabas so you know i i would say if you're in that galleria highland village river oaks you got lulu's the italian restaurant from the armando's people at kirby and westheimer like you you and you're probably still missing a couple right oh like, i'm missing yeah. i haven't named amore <laughs> right. on shepherd <laughs> right. 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 Uh, our friend mary clarkson that's her favorite new italian restaurant we could we could keep going. I haven't even I haven't even gotten south of fifty nine yet. You know I'm not right. I'm I'm scratching the surface, and and that doesn't count what's coming right because Ben Berg is going to open Tavola uh, next to the Annie and Turner's uh, sometime in the next few months. So there's no shortage. So just to get that that just gives you a taste. So so what is so what does Dante's have to do? You know I think it's good that Brian has an Italian chef who grew up in Italy, trained in Verona. Has come to America. I always like Italian. I like. I feel better about Italian restaurants when they have Italian chefs. You know, if you're not going to be an Italian owner, at least give me an Italian chef. I like that Brian's got a track record of hospitality and customer service, going all the way back to his time at Tiny Boxwoods. I think that he. This is you know this is his crowd, right? That River Oaks crowd. That those are his people. So I think he's right. going to take great care of people. He knows wine really well, so I think the wine list will be fun. I think it comes down to price a little bit, right? Like if, you know, if you can, if you can deliver some of that style at a slightly lower, like more approachable price point, more on the, you know, numero 28 kind of Devante vibe, less on the, you know, less on the fine dining, you know, less on the, less on the DeMarco tip, you know, uh, I think that's going to, that'll serve him well, you know, and then you got to execute, right? Obviously you got to execute. So you I'm, I'm going to go. I'm oh, gonna go. Oh, I'm definitely going. Right. I mean, I love Italian, <laughs> right. right? Like, right. like I love Italian food, and I spread my Italian food dollars around. Uh, you definitely do. Yeah, you definitely do. You're you're gonna give it love. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to it. Um, but I guess when I listed it, so to some of to your points, I'm excited that I forgot about that. That there is an Italian chef. So that's been it's has me intrigued and um that's why i always want to see what spin are they putting on it like is it authentic is it you know what what what's the signature dishes right i think that's going to be the key yeah so good luck to him absolutely and then topic number three new york eatery the new york inspired restaurant in bel-air from the owners of the bagel shop bakery in uh, both Bel Air and Meyerland is closing at the end of this week. Uh, owner Michael Sagian said that they are going to concentrate 
on making bagels in their uh, very thriving catering business. Um, you know, Felice, I, I, I don't, I don't know that we have too much. Well, I have a little bit to say about this, but, uh, but let me just throw it to you. I mean, did you ever, did you ever make your way to New York eatery? And and if so, what did you, uh, what did you think of it? I like New York eatery. I think the people are super nice. Um, they were never super crowded. I never, I don't think they ever got their momentum, right? Like people love them as a bagel shop and a bakery. And to their point, and you mentioned their catering business does, they do a nice catering business. So them focusing on the bagels and the catering makes a lot of sense that the the New York eatery just, I just think it just never took off. It just never got its legs. And um, one of the things if in my mind, maybe if they would have just had that one location, probably would have did better. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm sad, but I didn't really go there that much because I just didn't. So it's sad, but you know, bagels is what they do very well. So I'm right. glad that's not going away. Right. No, I, I agree with all of that. You know, New York deli, the, the original location on Hillcroft near, uh, Bracewood is like a, a staple of the Jewish community. And I've been eating there for many years. And it's got this, it's, it's, it's small, it's very intimate, it's kind of crowded, uh, and it's, it's basically a diner, you know, you can get, I love it, I love it, you get breakfast, you can get lunch, you can get eggs, you can get a burger, you can get the the usual stuff, right, and, and, you know, you can get your sandwiches on one of the best bagels in Houston, because it's affiliated with the bagel shop, so they, they go to Bel Air, they, they, you know, they buy this big, this big building, they transform it into a restaurant, a banquet hall, and a bakery, and so the second location of the bagel shop with, you know, cookies and breads and, and even some like some entrees, like some, you know, um, you know, like a lot, you can get a, you can get a lox bagel sandwich, that kind of thing, um, which you could never get from the original bagel shop because you could just go next door to the, to the deli and get that. But so, right. you know, and the, the difference for, you know, which is, which I, I don't want to get too into the weeds on this, but the, the bagel shop in Bel Air follows the kosher all the kosher rules and the restaurant new york eatery did not so they can't share dishes like you you prep separately like it's it's you know there's like a a magical wall between them so they're they're completely separate but like new york eatery was like too big it it was it was intended to serve families and all this stuff and so it it didn't have the vibe of, of new york deli and they and I I think they just I think they they got a little too they flew too close to the sun they had all these grand plans right Oh, we'll do vegetarian food and we'll do, you know, we'll do dinner and cocktails and all this stuff. And and you know, I think I think what this closure really represents is is the recognition that like they know who they are now, right? They they tried something a little more ambitious. Like, look, we come to you for for bagels, you know, bagels and, and baked goods, and right. then things that things that are good on a bagel. And if I want a chicken schnitzel or a bowl of pasta or a a steak or an old fashioned or a margarita or whatever. I'm I'm probably going somewhere else. Right, right, right. I'm not. I'm right. I want the diner and the like. Your point. I love the. It just. I love how that feels. That diner and like you said, I can go walk out the building, walk over to the diner, chill. The eatery is just something. It's a whole nother life. It has a whole nother vibe. So it just. 
it doesn't fit them. It, it's a whole, it's a whole different thing. It's a different thing. So that's right. Yeah. That's right. I, I I think that's exactly right. They, <laughs> it 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 was never quite. It never quite made sense. They never quite had the right person in the kitchen to drive it. And I just you know lesson learned. It's it's a bummer that it didn't work out. Right. It's a great location. It's it's right in the. It's you know it's right next to the Bel Air Triangle. It's basically across the street from Blood Brothers Barbecue and. Aya Sushi and Countercommon. So I, I think it'll get snapped up by somebody else pretty quickly. Uh, yeah. Because it's got all the potential in the world. And, you know, the important thing from, from my perspective is someone who's been, you know, eating those bagels for essentially my entire life is that both the new location of the bagel shop in Bel Air and the original location of the bagel shop on Hillcroft are just fine. Right. They're not going right. anywhere. The original right. deli's not going anywhere. <laughs> it's just this this one restaurant that never quite caught on. That's going away. I can I can live with that. Right. We're like, thank God. My bagels right. my bagels are still gonna be there. The here, bagels so are safe. Everything is fine. <laughs> All right. Felice, I'm gonna say that does it for the news of the week. We'll be right back with our restaurant of the week. Stick around. least for our restaurant of the week i want to talk to you about graffiti raw this is grant cooper of big vibe hospitality this is his california inspired restaurant in the mantras collective which is on westheimer it's where marmo is it's where uchi is it's where uh, a whole bunch of places are picnic coincidentally uh we'll be talking to the ceo of picnic here in a second so so let me just throw it to you i mean what did you what did you think about our meal at Graffiti Raw. Well, let's just talk about the vibes. It is very, you know, it gave California vibes. Let's just say that, right? Like it's very coastal, it, very bright, yeah. very clean. <laughs> yeah, it was giving, which again, you know, Grant Cooper, if you're not gonna get anything else, you always gonna get some vibes, right? Like you absolutely I, I wasn't thinking I was gonna get anything other than. So it gave on that front. Um, I thought the food did not, it, it, it didn't leave me wanting anything. I was very, my palate was happy. I was happy. Um, I, there was a point, it's, it's very funny. I have to mention this. Um, so I got caught up, you know, Eric, you, you were there and I'm like, you're like, I'm hungry. I go, Eric, go ahead and order. You know, you know me pretty well. You went ahead and ordered. You were off on a couple of things. Not off in the sense of off, but off where I'm like, yeah, you're on your own on that. So um, I had looked, had seen some stuff on social media. I had in my mind a couple of things that I thought maybe you would order. And in true Eric form, Eric always loves a burger. Now, I love a burger, but I probably had missed, I hadn't seen any burgers. So Eric, you, Eric's running down the menu to me of what he ordered. And I'm like, oh, okay. And I was like, so what made you get a burger? Because when I think about it and what I've seen, burger was not in my mind. But again, you don't say, go ahead and order. And then you're like, well, why the hell did you get a burger? Like, it's rude. And I didn't want Eric's hunger to curse me out. Not Eric. 
but the hunger to say your ass was late, blah, 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 blah. So you just casually say, huh, so what made you get a burger? And Eric was like, well, you know, I had gone to a couple of pop-ups, blah, blah, blah. It was amazing, whatever, whatever. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. So um, we had a burger, the ceviche. What was the, I can't remember. Oh, we had the crab and shrimp rice, shrimp fried rice. Right? That's right. That's right. And um, Caesar salad and yep. the, the two, the other the little things. crispy tuna bites. Yep, crispy tuna. The crispy tuna bites. Check, check, check. Let me just tell y'all about, because I brought it up. Now, again, the burger didn't go with any of those things. That's why I mentioned it. No, I got, I, I got healthy. I got healthy stuff, <laughs> light, seafoody that's kind of in keeping with the concept. And then I got with a, the concept, a double, right? And then I got a double <laughs> cheeseburger because I I was craving a burger, and because in the pandemic they did the Daddy's Burger pop up that I really liked, and that I hope they bring back someday. And they're serving the Daddy's Burger at Graffiti Raw at least for now. On the menu, yeah, listen, y'all. Right, it's on the menu. So if you're looking, so if you go, this is a. Um, insider tip if you're like me and you look at the menu because it's not going to make sense you're gonna and a lot of houston places have things like burgers on their menu and it doesn't make sense and when you taste it you're like it doesn't make sense it maybe not be that it's maybe not that great um this is not the case with this burger this burger is amazing i was like oh god this is really outstanding eric's like see so love the burger Good job, Eric. And not, I didn't think you were going to steer me wrong. I just was wondering why you ordered it. <laughs> so I love the burger. Um, but that ceviche, there's a big, the signature ceviche was the standout for me. It was fresh, vibrant. It it just, it 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 gave. It gave exactly what it was supposed to give. I, I was very happy. I, I, I would go back in a heartbeat. I'm ready to go back. Maybe not for lunch. We'll talk about that after you give your what your thoughts on what you thought about it. I mean, essentially, I, I agree with you. I, I thought, you know, I thought the crispy tuna was a fun little bite. I thought the graffiti stack, which was this, you know, raw tuna, crab, shrimp with avocado and onions and cucumbers. Um, it's plated very beautifully. And then you and then you basically just mash it up and stir it together. I think that was that was the thing, and of course, it's named for the restaurant, right? It's the feedy stack, and and their graffiti, so that makes sense. I think that's kind of the that's what they're going for, you know. Mm-hmm. And and I thought, I mean, give me a cold seafood dish, right? Like I'm, you know, I'm not I'm not hard to please in that sense, uh, you know. As long as everything's seasoned well, that's going to be always going to be delicious. So you know, I really enjoyed that Caesar. Eh, maybe maybe could have used a little more. A little more like anchovy funk for me, but but you know the greens were the greens were nice. It had some sesame seeds. It had a little bit of a little bit of seasoning to it that I really liked. So I you know I'm down with that. The burger we've talked about the burger. Super happy with the burger. Crispy tuna bites, great. We had a piece of tres leches for dessert that I thought you know holds its own. You know they've got Flora Mexican Kitchen on Allen Parkway as part of their hospitality group. So I you know if that's the Flora if that's the Flora tres leches then th- then that works just fine for me. I, I will say. They're, they're doing one menu all day for lunch and dinner. Yeah. And so, you know, by the time we got all that stuff and, you know, I think by the, by the time we, we got everything 
all done. I mean, it was it was like 150 bucks for the two of us. And, and it's lunch. not like we for, for lunch. And it's not like we waddled out of there. You know, it's not like we right. ate just a ton of food. So I would say caveat emptor on that, you know, just sort of be prepared. This is not an inexpensive restaurant. Not, you know, it's consistent with all of Grant's other places. Right. We didn't have cocktails, so it was a spendy lunch. Right, right. If right, if we had gotten a bottle of wine or a couple of drinks, you know, we would have been north of two hundred bucks before the tip, which is frankly a lot of money for lunch. Right. And you know, and I don't have a problem sometimes maybe splurging for lunch. But with that being said, it was a spendy lunch. Um, there's no parking. So they do validate, they will validate valet if that's your thing. That's not my thing. I want to park my own car. So, and if you right, park which, in the parking garage. you got to go into the garage and it's five okay. or six bucks. Right. So that's the only thing. So I, So we were talking, I go, so you know I would never come here for lunch. For that reason, Eric valid, Eric valeted, and they validated, which was great. So we got both worlds. Like he validated it, he did that. It was pretty quick. I walked across the street pretty quick, but I just had to pay. It wasn't again that much, but still. After, I'm like, yeah, I would never do this for lunch. Dinner, no big deal. You know, happy hour, yeah, no big deal. But that's my take. But it was a great. I, it was good. It was good. Yeah, and, go and I think. And I think your reluctance to go there for lunch is kind of reflected in the size of the crowd because just, you know, yeah. we were there on a Wednesday at noon and it wasn't very busy. And, you know, we were there for an hour, an hour and a half, hour long, and it and it never really got busy. Right. Like right. it was yeah. always pretty empty. You know, it was a nice day. There were some people on the patio, but but for the most part, not very crowded. And and I think that's kind of in recognition of like, you know, if you're gonna do lunch. You know, if you're going to serve lunch, like maybe you need a couple of like, you know, you've got the burger, you've got a couple of salads, but maybe, you know, give people some sort of off ramp to make it a little more affordable because otherwise it's it's kind of a, I feel like it's kind of a tough sell at that price point. Right. And as I walked in to go to my car, Marmo on the other side was pretty busy for lunch. There were people, they had a pretty decent sized lunch crowd, so. You know, because yeah. people could park there and come downstairs and go right to the restaurant. So it made sense to me. Exactly right. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Again, like like what they have going on. I you know, there's there's a whole there's a couple of seafood pastas on the menu that I would like to try. There's some heartier entrees that we did do again because it was lunch, uh, that I'd like to go back for. So, you know, I think I think I think the concept is right. I think it's well executed. Like you said, the space looks great, the food was tasty, but Probably not again. Not probably not for lunch. And good service. We had good service. We had we great. Had yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. and I don't think and I don't think we were getting any special treatment, right? Like I think right. I think no. Nope. Just an outgoing, friendly person knew the menu well. You know, was able to describe dishes, make suggestions, all the all the usual stuff. Shout out to our server because I I thought yeah yeah I agree she did great. So that's it. That's it. We only went one place, but you know, it packed the punch. So I will say. Absolutely. All right, Felice, I'm going to say that does it for the restaurant of the week. Thank you very much. Thank you, Eric. And I will be right back with Dan from Picnic. I am joined this week by the 
president and CEO of Picnic Restaurant, just opened in their first Houston location in the Montrose Collective. Dan Meshes, welcome to the show. How are you? Great. Great. Thanks. I'm really glad to be here. Appreciate you having me. Yeah, no, thanks for doing this. I, I do want to talk about Picnic, but Dan, let's start with you. Tell me, tell me a little bit about your your career. How did you get started in the hospitality business? Yeah, you know, probably like everybody else, you know, I, listen, I went to college and grad school for totally different fields and worked my way through since I was, you know, 15 years old in restaurants, bars, et cetera, you name it, dishwasher, bouncer, cook, waiter, bartender. Uh, and I, I finished up grad school and I was like, you know what? I really like the hospitality business. So uh, that's what I did and worked for an independent in New York and then uh, joined a large corporation and went through that to learn that side of it. Uh, worked in Manhattan, worked in Washington, D.C., all over, and then uh, started my own company in, in Washington, D.C. We were really fortunate. We had Esquire Best New Restaurant of the Year. Another one was uh, Condé Nast, one of the best new of the year. Back during gourmet time, I had Gourmet Best New Restaurant for everything from food trucks to high end. And, and I, I sold that. And uh, since that time have been working uh, with emerging brands and, and trying to bring them forward. So it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. I, I, I you know, in, in terms of, you know, doing just a little bit of research, get a quick Google hit your LinkedIn. I saw, I saw you were at HopDotty at a, in a key period of their growth. Yeah. Yeah. That was a cool one. That's what brought us to move from Washington DC to Austin. And uh, at the time, uh, Hopdotty had just opened its third, its first out of time, town in Dallas. And uh, I was fortunate enough to, to do that and, and grow it to uh, four or five states uh, and, uh, and take the opportunity to, to um, catch out and move on from there. But uh, it, was, uh, it was a great experience, great concept. And of course, you know it in Houston. Yeah, no, we love it in Houston. It, you know, we don't, we don't stand in line for restaurants quite like they do in Austin, but, you know, we show our <laughs> affection in other ways. So how did you make your way to Sprinkles? Yeah. So um, as I was wrapping up uh, with um, Hop Dottie, uh, I had been approached about Sprinkles and I was, the brand has fascinated me. I was there in 2005 when it opened and a buddy of mine in LA said, hey, uh, I was working on a baking project out there and I said, hey, we got to go by here and wait in line. I was kind of like, you like, yeah, I don't I'm from New York. I don't really wait in line. And uh, I did. And, and uh, I'm, I'm glad I did. And so I had a soft spot. But for me, I like to work in best in brand, whether it's burger, pasta, you know, baking. And it really drew me to it. And uh, the founders had created something phenomenal. Uh, and uh, it was time to take that brand and, and, and grow it and have some real fun with it. So we were we've been able to put together a great team of people and bring innovation uh, to it in flavors, you know, from Flaming Hot Cheetos to Game of Thrones to whatever, cakes and new product lines and have a lot of fun with it and, and grow that. In fact, we uh, will have our first international opening uh, at the end of this year. Uh, hasn't been announced officially yet, but uh, we'll say it here today. And so uh, it, it's just a fun brand. And how can you be upset when you're eating a cupcake, for God's sakes? No, no, I you, you certainly can't, and and but I will say I'm impressed at its its durability because it seemed like a fad, right? Like you know the yeah. cupcake thing blew up, a whole bunch of places open, 
most of them are gone. Yeah. Uh, but sprinkles is in dirt. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate that you noticed it. And you're right. They, it was a fad and it blew up for us. Um, you know, it's it's just a, a phenomenal that people, the brand Halo and, and how much people love it. And yeah, you can think of a lot of companies that, that went by the wayside and we are the, you know, the, the largest out there, but we don't, we don't really look at about size. We look at about, Hey, how great is the product right now? Are we doing the best possible product out there? So from cakes to cupcakes, to cuppies, uh, cupcakes, to our chocolate line, you know, we, we have a lot of fun with it because why not? Right. And, and it's a fun, the cupcake ATM is, you know, that, that suits my demeanor, right? Like sometimes <laughs> I don't, I don't necessarily want people to know that I'm eating a cupcake. Right. So that, that suits my need for some uh, it, it, privacy. Yeah. It can be stealthy for sure. You know, and, and then plus with honestly, with our tech stack and our delivery and it's just so easy. Um, so it, listen, it, it's a ton of fun. And the way we look at it though, is, you know, we serve a lot of cupcakes, um, but everyone should be good enough to be in a, a white tablecloth restaurant, right, for dessert that night. And that that's how we look at it. Each one is handcrafted. This is not using a pastry bag and plopping on a little frosting that somebody gets out of a can, you know. This is a real deal. All right. So so explain the connection between sprinkles and picnic to me. How did they come to be? Yeah, right. It's fun because you would think on the surface, right, they're so different, you know. Right. Um, and, um, Naomi Seifter, the, the founder of, of Picnic and I met each other, um, around when she first started the trailer and we, uh, just kept up the relationship and then she opened uh, a brick and mortar and then really, um, she loved it, but wanted to take more of a backseat. So, uh, I came aboard and, um, uh, became a partner and, uh, we, with, with, the group of folks I work together at Sprinkles are very, very talented folks that do multi-concepts. So we're able to do both and really enjoy it. And, you know, we're restaurateurs first more than anything with uh, all of our backgrounds. So that's how it came together. And, you know, up till a, a year ago, we had one, the original. Uh, now we have three. We opened our, our second last July on South First in Austin. And then Westheimer, of course, just a couple of weeks ago, actually, uh, we opened for brunch uh, this weekend and we're now open for lunch. The first week or so, we like to just be open for dinner only, trying to get our balance a little bit. Um, and it was a fantastic weekend and just, you know, love the um, Montrose Collective, um, just the vibe there the aesthetic and the fact, frankly, that there was underground parking at a reasonable price for people, yeah. you know, in a neighborhood where it's tough to find parking. Uh, so, uh, and it just got a great collection of restaurants there, as you know, too. Yeah, no, you're, you're in quite a community. I, I guess a little bit more about kind of the decision to come to Houston, the timing. I mean, I, cause I mean, you got sprinkles everywhere. You could have gone to Dallas, you could have gone to San Antonio, yeah. you know, how did you, how did you decide that Houston was, was going to be the first city after Austin? Yeah. I mean, first of all, I love Houston personally. You know, I mean, like I said, I've got uh, sprinkles experience there. We've got um, the hop dotty experience there and, and, and find it, you know, really there's such a great food scene there. Um, and there's so many cool things going on and I love it. It, it, because, you know, there's so many great pockets around the city uh, and it felt really interesting and didn't feel like jaded um, like, you know, some communities out there. 
Uh, and honestly, we've had a lot of people uh, here coming visiting Austin um, from Houston coming to picnic. And uh, we felt anecdotally, uh, and we do from uh, cities around all over, but we felt like, no, I, we really, we want our first out of town to be in Houston. And it's a, it's a great community. And it's, it's listen, it takes me two and a half hours to drive there, right? Not, not a big deal uh, here and, and our team to get there. So um, everything aligned and uh, Steve Radom, you know, presented us with a, that great project there. And we're like, wow, this looks good. And, you know, it's got the patio, it's got the overhang. It's just, it's got the, the vibe that we really like. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I stopped by, you know, I hadn't, I hadn't had a chance to eat there. So I stopped by this morning just to get a, a, a feel for the place. It's, it's a great spot within the development. You're in that inner courtyard. You're, you're basically next to to Van Leeuwen, you're close to Marmo, you know, you come up, I mean, basically you come up from the elevator and you look to your right and you can see it. So I think that's the, that's the key, right? You're, you're in the middle of everything. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, and we love that. And, and listen there, you know, whether it's Marmo or Graffiti Raw and Chelsea's opening there soon, of course, Uchi across the street, phenomenal places. Our price point though is more of an everyday price point. So we feel really good about that too, with that the phenomenal neighborhood supporting us and people just walking in. Yeah, well, and and we should say, I mean, we should we should talk about, you know, how do you define kind of what picnic is? So before I don't want to I don't want to put words in your mouth and define the concept for you. Yeah, I appreciate that. Listen, you know, as a tagline, right? Yeah, um, real food and good vibes. You know, what does that mean? We have um, a really a comfort food menu. I mean, that comfort. Can, can range from a bip and bop to a seared wagyu to, you know, medi fried rice or a great cob salad, um, you know, and sometimes people talk about picnic as, um, um, well, I have a special diet I want to eat there or whatever. And really what we are, is just great food that happens to be good for you, right? You're going to want to come there um, no matter how you eat, you know, it's healthy comfort food. You know, yes, we we will tell you that we're refined sugar free. We we just don't like highly processed food. You know, we'll tell you that we use we're seed oil free, and the reason why, right? Because seed oils, uh, canola, etc., are highly processed. They're GMO. Um, we we happen to be gluten free because that was something from the very beginning with the founder. But hey, sit down and have our biscuits and gravy. And I'm telling you, you're not going to know it's gluten free or the or the bun on our, our burger. So all those to me are kind of below the line, right? Some of those things. It's really about being thoughtful, sourced really well, and just really enjoying the food is the key on on, on all of that. And uh, you know, I, I love eating that way. It feels good. And then, of course, we've got a phenomenal cocktail program, too, on top of it all. So you can just hang. You can be comfortable. We open also at 9 a.m. So you can have uh, breakfast, lunch and dinner. We have an all day um, brunch menu, you know, with things like collagen overnight oats. Um, we have a killer bison breakfast sandwich uh, where the meat in that comes from Force of Nature, which is a regenerative farm. So, you know, and we want to do more of that. We feel there's a responsibility. We have chicken from Redbird, right? You know, pasture raised, all natural. So we're just able to have just phenomenal products. Our beef is all grass fed. Um, and, and that's how we, we, we look at it. And one thing I will tell you, right, that some people as, a, a, you know, that have 
born and bred in Texas, right? Cashew, our queso is everything. Ours is a cashew queso. And damn, that's good. Especially put a little sausage and guacamole on the top of that. And <laughs> filling it there. Yeah. Beef, beef it up a little bit with a little, a little sausage. That'll, yeah. who's going to, who's going to say no to that? Exactly. No, I, I will say, you know, I, I sort of glanced at the menu and I was trying to figure, you know, cause I was there in the morning and I knew I'd be talking to you later. So I, you know, I indulged my inner eight year old and I, I got chicken tenders yeah. and, and French toast. You know, I've been looking for tempura fried chicken tenders ever since Hillstone stopped serving them at, at Houston's. And so, you know, thank you, essentially, uh, on behalf of chicken tender lovers everywhere. I'll tell you what, that's that's the funny thing, right? I mean, you know, because you think of chicken tenders, right, or chicken nuggets in some places, right? Like, oh, my God, don't have those. But with the Redbird chicken, the, you know, the rice flour tempura on it, that scratch made honey mustard, and then, you know, add a salad or the smashed potatoes with it, and you got a whole meal out of it. Yeah, I added the the arugula. I feel like I, you know, that make that makes it healthy, right? If, as long as I get a little greenery, <laughs> get um, a little of that, yeah. But but yeah, I mean, I, I mean, you 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 kind of talk through the menu, but but how do you sort of recommend people approach it? You know, what 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 are some of the things that you, you know, if you're if you're coming to picnic for the first time, like what what are what are the things that you you have to have? Yeah, I mean, you know, the, the chicken tenders, the funny thing is, right, because I'm like, ah, oh, chicken tenders, but it is one of the number one sellers. You know, there, there's no question about that. And I'm not just talking about kids. Like you said, your inner kid, right? Um, yeah. For sure. Killer. Brussels sprouts, killer. One of my favorites is the grass-fed burger, followed by the chicken katsu sandwich. Uh, you know, and again, that bread is phenomenal, just like the bread you had on the French toast. It's gluten-free, but you're not feeling that at all. It's just great bread. Um, I, I personally, the, the salmon with the quinoa tabbouleh for me, I, I eat a lot of salmon, you know, get those uh, omega-3s in there. Uh, so it's great. And then, uh, but I, I also like to, we have a, a big zero proof section on the menu and low ABV besides the cocktails. I'll, I'll always have a turmeric tonic with it, you know, ginger, raw honey, uh, turmeric, um, little bubbles to that helped me with my inflammation. Uh, as I, as I, uh, get out of a workout or something like that, but, or just, you know, a killer drink like our Pattaya margarita. Uh, you might've seen that, um, some pictures of that, that's pink with that dragon fruit is, is just a killer. So, you know, my, my thing is, all these things are great and are taco bowl or, you know, a, a million things I can list, but eat like you would normally, you know, but feel better about it. Yeah, no, I, I took you up on a, uh, a limeade with the blueberry in it. I thought, oh, you know, sweet tart, like, uh, you know, that like, because again, like it's, it's, you know, 10 o'clock in the morning on a Monday. I'm not, not necessarily going for the cocktail, but, uh, but 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 something that's not you know something that's not just water or iced tea that's that's a little more refreshing. Uh, I I appreciated how diverse the the beverage options are. Oh, good, thank you. Well, you know, and sustainable wines and you know some hard kombucha and cider and all that. So it's great. And then of course we have the whole coffee program that we were first known for with butter coffees with MCT oil or coconut, um, and that's an important part of what we do. It's with time, it becomes more food based than coffee based, certainly over the years. But um, 
that's also important. Or listen, a lot of people love adding adaptogens to, to what we do. You might've seen those on the menu, whether it's lion's mane or uh, reishi or, you know, CBD. Yeah, no, I, you know, you, you maybe yada yada the butter in the, in the coffee, but, <laughs> but just, just explain that. Cause I, I, I mean, I know that's been a trend over the last couple of years and, but I, I don't, you know, I, and so of course I saw it on the menu. I'm like, all right, bring me the, bring me the butter cappuccino. Like let's, let's, let's get into it. Um, why, why butter as opposed to milk or cream or, or anything else that you could put in the coffee? Yeah. Great question. And, and listen, you can have it either way, right. And you can have it with grass-fed butter, MCT oil, whey, or just normal. <laughs> uh, right. So you can do it anyway, but you know, there, there's a, a lot of folks that, that really believe and, and there's medical proof that, that these are helpful to you uh, and they're helpful to your system. Uh, and they became popular, as you know, around 10 years ago, really started bullet coffee, et cetera. Uh, and, and they're just a favorite for people. But, you know, we also have a uh, house chai or matcha, you know, golden milk matcha. So we have, it, we have it all, but yeah, there's, there's a loyal following on, on butter coffees, no doubt. Well, and, and, you know, I know, Gluten-free is, is built into what you do. Um, you know, we, we put gluten-free in the headline when we, when we wrote about your opening and the article just absolutely took off. I mean, it was one of the five most read okay. articles on culture map Houston in, in April. And so I, you know, I, I do think, you know, more and more, I know people that, that are seeking that out specifically and, and knowing that like, they don't have to pick and choose on the menu, right? Like that, that whatever they order will fit, will suit that. I, I think people take a lot of comfort in that. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate you saying that. I, I think that that's really true. And and for me, listen, we live, you know, especially after COVID in a social world, right? And you know what it's like when you go out with your friend, whether they're vegan, because we have vegan options, vegetarian options, um, you know, you, you we kind of hit the gamut. And, and you feel bad at table because they're like, oh, yeah, I'll have the carrots, I guess, you know, I don't know, or whatever, or, oh, you know, well, our kitchen is you know, not gluten-free. So be careful on cross-contamination. And it's just not a comfortable thing when you're out with some friends. Right. You, you go to, you go to the Mexican restaurant. It's like, Oh, corn tortillas. I'm good. And then you're like, Oh, but it's marinated in soy sauce. So you're not. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, and, and so this is a place where, yeah, we talk about all that and it's important. Um, and, and we want people to know, and I, I really appreciate you helping share that. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's just great food in a good place, you know? So, so let me just ask you, like you said, you've been open for a couple of weeks. You, you just had your first weekend of brunch. How's it going? It's going well. You know, we purposely do it slow, as I mentioned to start off with, but um, great. Um, Saturday was our first brunch. Great brunch. Um, uh, you know, yesterday we had the rain, so it slowed it down a little bit, but still a really good day. Um, today's our first lunch. We're, we, we are, um, you know, listen, we, we're, we're restaurateurs. We have a passion for this, but it's a business too. And uh, I, our first two weeks have been above budget. So there you <laughs> go. love that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, you're, you're in kind of an interesting segment. I mean, there, there's sort of other restaurants that are, are doing what you do. I won't, I won't rattle them off, but, but you know, how do you kind of see picnic is, is different from any other, any restaurant in that kind of generic healthy eating category? Yeah. Listen, I, that's, I, I, I think we really walk the talk, 
you know, we live it. It's so easy, right? Because the all natural label doesn't mean much, you know, and it's so easy to say we do this and that. And there's that one tiny section on the menu. Um, and, you know, you you read through our menu and, and you, you see that it goes all the way through. Um, and it's a philosophy of what we do. And I think that makes us different. And also, listen, we're, you know, as restaurants go, we're not a big restaurant and that's on purpose. You know, we want it to feel... Uh, lively and small and intimate and like, not like a, a, a big hall. Um, and, uh, and also let's prepare the food the way we want to prepare it. We don't want to be a, a huge restaurant. Um, and, and by the way, no, uh, uh, not casting aspersions to anyone else that's out there um, sure. on that, but I, I think we're just able to, to live it all the way through. Uh, and, and talk to me about, about staffing. Cause you know, I, you know, I, I popped in, I popped in early. It wasn't very busy, but but everyone who walked in the door, everyone who walked in the door before me, after me, obviously, you know, big hello from everyone that was at the bar at the hostess stand. They seemed uh, happy to be working there, and and so talk to, talk to me about culture a little bit and kind of how you how you get that because I, I I think it's got to be tough to be enthusiastic on a Monday morning. <laughs> Yeah. Listen, we're in hospitality, you know, and, and if you don't want to be in hospitality, you shouldn't be in hospitality. Right. And a lot of people find their way there. Uh, and if you just don't want to be friendly, why put yourself through this? And and we as a culture, you know, it's really important to us and um, that everyone, when they walk in the door, feels welcomed because, you know, besides it just makes a better life to feel that way. Let's face it right now, most of your experiences, whether it's in retail or hospitality or in a professional's office, they're not that great. You know, it, uh, I mean, since and I'm not saying the serve the, the end product's not great, but it, the pandemic, we all feel has changed some things uh, on that. Um, and so we we also tell ourselves, hey, listen, if somebody comes in, uh, you know, maybe seems a little grumbly or something like that. Remember that they could have been to three places before us and are expecting that same, maybe not the best service. Um, so let's let's make people feel really good. Let's make people feel like this is their home. And um, and, and let's make not regular guests. Let's make loyal guests, you know, because we make mistakes, too. Right. And a loyal guest will tell you about it and help you through it. A regular might go, yeah, I'm hitting the next place. Well, yeah. And I, you know, I do think it's interesting, you know, because again, you, you are the, you are the casual option next to Marmo across the street from Uchi, you know, even graffiti raw is, you know, another, another price point up. So with price comes expectations, right? They're, they're going to have great service. You know, Uchi, if nothing else, I think that you're able to kind of put your, to do that at your price point, standing next to all these other places, I, I think that's going to serve you really well. Thank you. Yeah. And, and, and you are right. You know, how, how do you um, convince folks in a, a middle tier or and in fast casual places too, right? Um, that hospitality is all, all part of it. Um, that those, how do you make a white tablecloth culture, let's say, in a, um, uh, a less expensive environment? And that's what we've lived down in, in sprinkles too. Um, and so, yeah, and hopefully it's just how, how our team lives their life. So what are your, uh, you know, like you said, you've only been open for a couple of weeks. What are your, what are your expectations? I mean, where, where would you like to see this restaurant be at, you know, six months or a year from now? Yeah. I mean, I, I think, um, 
the thing for me is um, that when I feel good about the restaurant, when it's busy on a Monday, you know, um, and um, as I said, we don't build them so they're uh, look busy on a Friday, right? We want it to look busy all, all week long. And we want that steady flow of people in and out. But, you know, what'll make me feel good is that we're getting great comments from people because that's just going to keep on building. And, and I don't think we're going to have a slow build. We're okay with that. Uh, and, you know, this, let's face it, when you, when you leave your home market, it's a test too, right? To see what's next. And I would be incredibly excited that six months from now we go okay where's our next one in houston uh, you 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 set me up for my for my last question which is i mean do you do you have that sense that you could do two three four more of these in in the greater houston market i do i do um you know and and um you know kind of like we talked about in the beginning where there's so many different pockets in houston and how it's spread out uh and so we we have begun uh, initial looks uh, around. And we also, listen, we, we think um, we don't need to leave Texas right now either. We think that um, San Antonio and Dallas will be great markets. Like I said, we wanted Houston to be our first out of town. Uh, and then, you know, all that works. And we go to Nashville and Denver and wherever it happens to be. But right now, all we care about is what we've got, and making sure we do a great job for people. Well, Dave, this has been this has been a lot of fun. Uh, is there is there anything else you'd like to discuss that I haven't asked you about? I, I think you did a great job asking me exactly what I would have wanted. Uh, well, good. Yeah. So thank you, Eric. I really appreciate it. All right. Well, before I let you go, we have to play the lightning round. Five easy questions, five short answers. Just say the first thing that comes to mind. Dan meshes. What is your favorite ingredient? Garlic. What is the first band you ever saw in concert? Grateful Dead. What is your fast food guilty pleasure? It has to come from a restaurant with a drive-thru. Oh, what a burger. What is the last show you binge watched? Uh, the Diplomat. And then finally, when you're ordering a pizza, what are your go-to toppings? Double pepperoni and um, white onion. Good answer. All right, Dan, give us the... Give us the website and the social media for Picnic. You got it. So our website is Picnic with a K, P-I-N-C-I-K, restaurants.com. And you'll find us under uh, Picnic also on our social media, um, primarily on um, on um, Instagram. And uh, please come visit us there. Take a look at the menus and then come visit us at the restaurant. Reservations available on Resi. Awesome. Dan, thanks so much. Thanks, Eric. Take care. You can follow me on Instagram at Eric Sandler. Keep it locked on culturemap.com for all the latest Houston bar and restaurant news. Thanks so much for listening. I'll be back next week.